Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Monday, welcome in everybody. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. My good friend Riley Corker enjoyed me in studio as you saw us walk into the studio as the show is beginning. It's that time of year, man. It's, it's that time of year. We have a lot of things to do, a lot of rounds to be making. We're going to get to all of it here uh, on Nuanas Now. So thanks so much for hanging out. Hopefully you had an outstanding weekend. I know it was a Weekend of much travel for many people around the state of Montana, including myself. I was back and forth to Bozeman, Riley, Andrew, a bunch of people from Missoula, back and forth to Moscow. So we're getting to both those games here right off the top, Montana football hour. And not to jump right in on you, but uh, Andrew and myself and everyone else that went over from Missoula, there were more people from Missoula or worried about Montana than there was were for the Vandals in that game. We'll, we'll get into the the bleak atmosphere of the Kibbe Dome as well, because it was uh, puzzling to me. Which is unfortunate, because... It is. There's a misperception, man. Like, they've always drawn well, and they're not drawn right now, and that's that's not good, because... The thing is, though, it is good, because I think that there's a lot of optimism, actually, on what Idaho football could be, because right now they are not any of that, and I actually think that that sets them up. We're going to talk about all that here in the Montana Football Hour. We're also going to take you all the way around the state. It is postseason time, every sport, so we'll give you some scores particularly when it comes to high school football. But also, uh, congratulations, first of all, to Tanner Klumpf. He swung by the show last week, just a couple days before the Class AA State Cross Country Meet. And the Missoula Sentinel Senior, the individual champion, the boys cross country at the AA level, and the Missoula Hellgate boys, the team champions. So a little bit of a changing of the guard. Bozeman won that sucker every year for the whole my whole life, pretty much. It was like 13 years in a row, Bozeman boys won it. Sentinel wins it last year. Hellgate wins it this year. So affirmation that the Garden City, Missoula, is certainly one of the top-running cities in the state of Montana. Um, Also, congratulations to Kenzie May, Missoula Hellgate girls, uh, individual state champion, the daughter of UM track and field coach Clint May. So runs in the family, and they're having a lot of success. 
We're going to talk all things about both the Montana and Montana State victories. And uh, also then second hour, of course, Marty Morningwig coming by as well. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Coulter Nuanas. He's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Joining you here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana TV. Want to be a part of the conversation? Call us or text us. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And, of course, we are broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. So, did I got this right? Did you go double dipping on the Palouse? I did go double dipping. I mean, it, it was so fun. It, it's rare that it actually happens um, out there where Washington State and Idaho, for those that don't know, the it's campus... It's like five minutes apart. It is. Five minutes apart, seven miles, however you, the crow flies, so to speak. But... Uh, BYU was playing Washington State. Any chance I can go see my alma mater? I snuck over there, got in some pregame festivities, um, just kind of catching the vibe a little bit. And then it was weird, right? Because we never get to be fans anymore, at least from the the line of work that we jump into here. But I was able to watch the first quarter and a half of BYU-Washington State and then drove over to Moscow and the Kibbe Dome to obviously broadcast the Vandals and the Grizz. So that was fun. I mean, one of those unique things. How many times can you go to two D1 football games in a span of six hours. Yeah, no no kidding. Well, um, I did it the other weekend only because I drove to and from Ogden. And <laughs> you did it on Missoula. two separate days. Yeah, I don't know was, how you did that, It was that, two man. separate days for sure. But uh, what what happened with the Cougs? They, uh, they played hard for their interim coach, but they lost to BYU by two. 21-19 in BYU's rank. So, it's not a bad effort because nope. BYU is very good. Washington State 4-4. Four and four. I mean, hey, not bad, especially with all the... Turmoil that went on with in Pullman with uh, Nick Rolovich being relieved of his duties and all that. So it was an interesting time to be there, but obviously a good football game. Dive into the Montana Football Hour, which is presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. First and foremost, the uh, regular season for the high school level Wrapped up on Friday. So state playoffs is coming at you hot. It's going to be a fun one, I think. Uh, particularly, actually, I think it's going to be potentially a runaway uh, at the Class A and Class B levels. I think Hamilton at the Class A level and uh, Florence at the Class B level. Just that good, although there are some teams from the East that are pretty good I was going to say, well. don't forget about my guys in the East. Uh, how, Laurel, how does Laurel, it look? Okay. Laurel and Building Central are both very good. It's been very interesting because the, the way that the, it's shifted. The West dominated for a little while with right. Dillon. And uh, a couple of the Northwestern teams, Whitefish won a championship in there. It's been all East lately. The Laurel, Billing Central, Miles City have been the three for like the last three or four years. Well, I just want the the plug right now as we get into playoff season. It's just, I don't know how we get this done, whether it's a power pull of people that are well-respected that, that cover it year-round. But this whole predetermined who has the home field all the way through, it's right. just, it, it's time to be changed at this point. We need to make the sure. team that's undefeated, no doubt, number one, not leave time. I, mean, I don't know. There, there's a way where we make this where it's not predetermined who has home field every year. Last Thursday, Missoula Sentinel punched their ticket to be the number one overall seed. They are the defending state champs. They enter the Class AA playoffs with 18 victories in a row. Missoula Big Sky also got in the playoffs with a victory over Calspell Flathead. So congratulations to Matt Johnson, the Big Sky Eagles. Um, and then a couple Crosstown games on Friday night that determined some seeds as well. Helena High stayed red hot. They beat Helena Capital 21-7. to Great Falls High is actually probably the hottest team in the state. This team started 0-4, and they've won four, maybe even five in a row since then. They were having a hard time scoring points. Now they're not. Great Falls CMR was like that team that was the hottest team in the state a couple weeks ago, and now they've lost two in a row. So Great Falls High 35, CMR 21. So big win for Great Falls High. And then uh, Billings West, they are fully keeping pace. I, I I did say that I think that A and B have definitive favorites. Although Sentinel's on such a huge winning streak, I don't think they're a definitive favorite at the AA level because Billings West is so good, too, and their only loss was in the season over by a field goal. You called that game. Yes, it will be great drama to watch AA because everybody, and I mean everybody, expects it to be Sentinel against West playing in the state championship game. Well, there's a lot of contenders, five on each side of the bracket, that want to try and knock off those two. And, and trying to play with that pressure, we all know how tough that is. So it'll be fun to watch AA. Everyone expects Sentinel and West, but, hey, if they don't bring their A game, there are a lot of worthy contenders that can knock them off. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine is the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They've been locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. They have more than 75 RV boats and brands to choose from. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana.
All right, let's talk about the games that we were at respectively. We'll start with the day game. That was Montana State's game against Idaho State. This was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. I ran into um, Josh Rollins, who's the father of Byron Rollins. Before the game, he's a Missoula guy, but Byron, a Missoula Sentinel product who's playing over there for the Cats. Also, Dylan Rollins. You mentioned BYU. Dylan Rollins is playing uh, at BYU. By the way, Josh said he's red shirt and he's liking it down there in Provo, so good for him. Gatorade Player of the Year last year, Missoula Sentinel. Uh, but he said, hey, I think that uh, Chase Benson might have tweaked his back. He might be limited today. And I was thinking, hmm, that's interesting. And then uh, as anybody that listens to this show knows – I scream and yell about how I think Chase Benson is the best player on the Bobcat defense. He doesn't get a ton of stats. That's typical for a nose. Uh, but he is the spine of everything that they do. He allows everybody else to be good. I think that Idaho State was going to have a ball control strategy coming into this game anyways because they were very overmatched in a variety of ways, including playing a walk-on true freshman quarterback against one of the better pass rushes in the country. Uh, I think they wanted to try to protect him. But then that said... You got Callahan O'Reilly, also junior inside linebacker, who's a starter next to Troy Anderson, out. And uh, I think Idaho State doubled down. Mike Ferreter, former Grizz wide receiver. They ran the ball early and often, but it was the strangest game I've ever seen because usually when you see 54 rushes for over 220 yards and a time of possession of almost 43 minutes, you think, well, that team won. They didn't win at all. It was not close ever. It was really, really weird. I mean, Montana State scored a touchdown to go up 27-9 with 14 minutes to go in the game. Idaho State got the ball back, and they ran the ball 13 consecutive times and then didn't get any points out of it. It was almost as if they were trying to mitigate the gap because they couldn't stop Isaiah Fonse. They couldn't stop Montana State. And so it was was very, very strange. But all that said, Montana State finds another way to win. This was probably like the fourth version of the way that they figured out to win, but a 27-9 victory for the Bobcats over Idaho State, and now Montana State 7-1 going in their bye week. Well, it was crazy because really when you look at both teams' box scores – the strategy was the same on both sides to where pound the rock, right? Yep. Isaiah Fonse did it. Montana State controlled that. Idaho State wanted to run the ball. But then the lack of quarterback efficiency. Was there weather in Bozeman? Because both were under 50%. There How- was not. Uh, Matt, okay. Mc- Matt McKay uh, was the model of efficiency. The, the first six games of the year for Montana State, he did not look good against Weber State, but we're going to get to that in a minute. Weber's defense proved to be the real deal as they went into Cheney, and Weber State gets one of the upsets of the season so far, knocking off number two, Eastern Washington. But McKay was even more shaky in Bozeman. He he. Are you noticing common themes? It's a it it. it uh, he's he's not functioning. He's not processing it very well. That said, though, I will give Matt McKay all the credit in the world because he made a couple of the worst throws I've ever seen him make early. He was horrible. I mean, he was getting booed at Bobcat Stadium because he was, I mean, he overthrew a screen pass. They had this wide open tight end flare, and he threw it 20 yards past the guy. Like, you could tell he was very frustrated. You know, they were trying to pick him up. He, he was very down on the sideline. All the credit in the world, though, because he came back and threw two dimes that were touchdowns in the fourth quarter that helped widen the gap. So, McKay, finally, he has not been up and down. He's been nothing but up this year. Now he kind of had his downs. We'll see if he can sort of steady out. Uh, but then, I, uh, to me, the number one impression of this game was, first, Montana State was shorthanded. No Chase Benson. Uh, no Callahan O'Reilly. No TJ Session. No Tyrell Thomas. So four starters out. But more than anything, though, my biggest impression from this game is that Idaho State is totally different than I thought they were going to be. The, you think Bengals, you think up-tempo offense, run and gun, can't stop anybody. Good skill guys. Good skill guys, can't stop anybody. I thought that a couple of Idaho State's best players were their offensive linemen. That were young guys, but very much, very high potential. A couple really tough tight ends, I thought. And I thought they they ran around and they were at least not scared on defense. It was very interesting because you can tell that they don't have the piece to do what they really want to do without Tyler Vanderwall there. But they actually hung with Montana State from a toughness perspective. They just didn't have any players to make plays. Well, it's kind of like an identity crisis, right? Right. Because for Idaho State, when I watched them in the spring, and I don't know we take it with a grain of salt, I watched them play Eastern Washington in the spring. And style of game, obviously, is dictated by what Eastern wanted to do there. But Tyler Vanderwall was chucking it around. And And he's pretty good, right? He's really good. And there were some skill guys that were freshmen. I'm thinking... 
watch out for Idaho State. And then you kind of look at how their box scores have morphed. And again, I, I say box scores because I haven't gotten to see them live this year. And it is. It's kind of like an identity crisis. I guess update people as far as that don't know with Tyler Vanderwall, the Wyoming transfer, but he's been out so now. So Tyler for, Vanderwall's been out for a while. He's been out since like week two. Okay. They're going with Hunter Hayes, the true freshman who's a walk-on from Cody, Wyoming. But he did beat UC Davis. Hunter he did, Hayes did. For sure. Okay. So I, I guess that was my biggest impression walking out of it was it actually didn't surprise me watching Idaho State that they beat UC Davis. They can turn it up and be kind of tough. That's what I didn't expect. I thought, oh, this is just a team that they can only win if they win in a track meet. That's not actually it. They, I think they beat UC Davis with what kind of I saw, which was toughness. Well, they did, and that was the final score of 27-17. But if you look a little bit closer, it was 24-3. to So they sure. were tough. They were stopping right. them. It was defense and in the trenches is how they were winning. So it's very bizarre this year. And I think, and not to beat a dead horse, but I mean, my goodness, for this year, maybe more than any of them else, any of the rest, the Big Sky Conference is about the haves and the have-nots. Yep. And there are six teams that legitimately have a path to the playoffs now with Weber State winning, which we're going to get into. Yep. But Coulter, there's no middle ground. There's it's none. the top six, and then the bottom five to six really aren't that good. And you might have Northern Arizona in the middle, but then you looked at what they did against Sac State. They got shellac 44 nothing. <laughs> right. So really, I truly feel this league this year, six good teams and seven not-so-good teams. And I just wish that... Every, all those top six could play each other no because question. that's how you get the reputation of trying to compete with the Valley. This isn't good for the league every week where it's, okay, Montana smacks Idaho. Montana State smacks Idaho State. Sac State smokes Northern Arizona. Sure. It's just it's a travesty that they, these top six all don't play each other. It, it absolutely is. And then, then you, you put so much more pressure on games. Like Eastern now was rolling. They were in control of their own destiny. They're number two in the country. And now they got Montana State coming to their barn in two weeks. Both teams are going to be coming off buys. But now, and not that it's a bad thing, I love pressure pack games in November. That's what I'm here for. But it does put so much more pressure because now all of a sudden Eastern could lose a second game and they're still 7-2. and two, They're still the same team and they might be in considered in a free fall on the national landscape. And that, you're right, is not good for the league, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. It's all about who you don't play rather than who you do play. And you're right. It's just... <laughs> It's tough it's all the way across I, the board. And in November, we'll really do the schedule breakdown. I know you did a great job yeah. on that Skyline Sports before the season yep. started. But even more so, maybe with two weeks to go, it's all about who you play, who you don't play. Bradley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, Northwest Motorsports Studio. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service. And your phone call is always answered by a live person. Stockman Bank is blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, providing time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. We're going to circle back around to some more about the Bobcats, specifically uh, the guy who I just continue to be floored by. Isaiah Fonse is just so good. We're going to get to that, though, here, here in just a little while. He is so tough. Watching him run, though, it's just like a ticking time bomb because he is just a bucking Bronco, man. Like, he is not going out of bounds. He does not try to avoid hits. He just goes after people, but he just gets hit so hard, too. Unbelievable to watch. But regardless, then a couple hours later, this was actually very fun for me to be able to cover a game and then watch the other game fully, like with my full attention. And uh, a fun one in Moscow on Saturday night at the Kibbe Dome, mostly because Idaho set the tone early in this game. They marched right down the field. Zach Boris looked like he was going to be a handful at the quarterback spot. They got some 280-pound running back that looks like freaking Ron Dane or something. I mean, my my goodness. When they ran that heavy set on the first play of the goal line and they have a 310-pound D tackle, a a 265-pound fullback, and then they hand it to another 265-pound guy thinking, what What is this formation? But also – Pretty effective. So Idaho jumps out 7 nothing, and then also comes out with a, a fast defensive stop. And you're thinking, oh, buddy. About halfway through the first quarter, my brother and I look at each other like, all right, game on, Vandals. Let's go. Let's see what you got. But uh, I think actually the fact that the Vandals set the tone early, it sparked the Grizz. And then once the Grizz caught their spark, they returned. They they, they returned. It was This was a return of the team that we thought that the Grizz could be. And they play with their hair on fire for the last three quarters, just smothered, I know. You set that up perfectly because I think this Montana team, and we've talked about it, right? They've been in a bit of a lull ever since the Eastern Washington game where is it, 
even going into the week, it's more of, okay, what Grizzly team's going to show up, who's going to be available, which we'll get into, and what Idaho team is going to show up. Because they are more than capable. I mean, they were up 28 points on Portland State at home. They've got the pieces in place, but then they get beat by 50. Here's the the best thing I can say. We were talking about the haves and the Mm have-nots. There's a handful of players on Idaho that would start for the best teams in the league. Yes. None of the other teams in the league have anybody that would start. Like, Davis Alexander might be able to get into a starting lineup. But very few guys on other teams in the bottom half of the league would start anywhere. Very few. Trey Walker would start a lot of places, man. Like, Trey Walker's a really good player. Number seven, I can't remember his name. Um, Okono. Okono, the guy that comes off the edge. I mean, that dude's a really good player, too. I mean, that guy's like a Mondre Williams at Montana State. They're very similar players. Buck and So, anyways... Idaho has players. They absolutely have players, and I think that that initial drive that they had, it, this is a crazy stat for the Grizzly defense. It's been so good. They've allowed an opening drive touchdown now four of the seven games this year. And I'm totally. gonna, I am going to have fun with Coach Houck Wednesday at the coach. She'll be like, what, you just want to spot team seven points? Could be because they were woken up right afterwards. <laughs> See, we asked Robbie Houck about this today, though, and he, <laughs> he I think his word was it's irritating. Irritating. Because they don't want to do that. But also, there's a little gamesmanship in his response, too. If you watch what Montana does, they don't run anything on the first drive of the game. They're trying to see what you have as your primary play calls in that game. And then they dial it. It's a chess match, right? Yeah. Because most offensive coordinators script whatever it is, 8, 10, 15 plays. For sure. And then it's a game of adjustments. So Montana is taking the first chess move and saying, all right, we're going to play base. Do your thing on your scripted plays. Yep. You're going to try and adjust what we're going to do. We're not going to show you what we want to do exactly. until drive two or three. And that's kind of where you're seeing it. That's me and you reading between the lines yeah. of something you're never going to see in the media. But that that can maybe help explain a little bit. But I think the story of this game, I mean, going in, it was kind of comical. I mean, post-game or pre-game interview with Coach Halk at 8.15 in the morning. Go, okay, Coach, who you got? Well, we're starting Chris Brown. We're going to play Robbie Patterson. Okay, what do you got at running back? Well, top four guys are out. We're going with Junior Bergen, a true freshman that was a wide receiver. Now at running back, he's going to make his first start. Coulter Janicara will back him up, a true freshman walk-on. You, guys you called camp. it. I, I told you guys hate admitting it. You called it. And then Drew Turner's going to be there as well. So three freshman running backs. And he's going down the list, and it's like, we're ready. The, the plan was much better this week. Um, but the, the story to me, Coulter, was the Grizzly defense. Everyone's going to talk about yep. the offense. They really are. And give credit to Chris Brown. The, the plan was... Simplified is a word that maybe I know people read into too much. I would say more it was catered to him. Totally. And you saw it with personnel that was out there. Who's his favorite target ever? Mitch Roberts. Mitch Roberts and Ryan Simpson. Yeah, Ryan Simpson. Ryan yeah. Simpson from Bozeman High. Ryan Simpson played more snaps in this last game than he had in the rest of the games combined. He yeah. was out there more. And they knew the running game was maybe going to be a little bit limited or predictable to where they divvied up a lot of what they wanted to do um, in the passing game. You saw them take shots downfield. Mitch Roberts, a new career high. Sammy Akem was more involved. Seven catches for Sammy. That almost seemed like a regularity that had not been there in the last couple of games. And they really started getting in a groove offensively they put in Robbie Patterson which coach Houck told us was going to be the case and watching them at practice leading up to it I was wondering when Robbie Patterson was going to enter he is a perfect change of pace guy for what the Grizz want to do every third or fourth series whether it's a couple plays run the wildcat just to get the defense on the heels right when Chris Brown was in there I thought and you can come in on this as well I thought against Sac State of course when they were struggling but they were very predictable offensively. They, they took were. that out of play against Idaho. But back to the story of the game, it was the defense. The Grizzly defense played like what we saw, I would say, the first three games of the year where they were putting up video game-like numbers. After that opening drive, Idaho had just 22 rush yards the rest of the game, and they really stymied that attack. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway is that, that the Grizzly defense has returned. They know they're ready to carry that responsibility on their shoulders. If this team's going to have any success, it's going to be because the defense plays at a championship level, and most importantly, they're healthy again defensively. Gavin Robertson started, and they they seem like themselves. Patrick O'Connell played with his hair on fire. Jace yep. Lewis missed that huge sack against Sacramento State. He came back with a career-high 13 tackle. So it all clicked, and I know people are going to focus on the offense, but to me, the story of the game is the Grizzly defense returning to form. Montana Football Hour presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, they currently are showcasing the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices. They also have a great service department that stands behind their products. Brett's RV and Marine has been family-owned for more than 50 years. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. 
the Grizz, this is why the arc of a football season is so fascinating to me because teams, they just ebb and flow so much. And in their essence, oftentimes they are what you always thought they were. And in other times they completely go away with from that. And that's where teams, I think, fall apart. When a team has this identity and then it changes so much that they lose their identity, that's when you have disastrous seasons, right? Like when you're... Like when the Bobcats were rolling and had won three straight Big Sky titles, and then they they couldn't all of a sudden they couldn't stop anybody on defense. They didn't know how to play because that was the whole way that they were trying to win. I personally think that half of Montana's offensive struggles the last couple of weeks have come from the defense not being lights out. When you're Chris Brown, when Patrick O'Connell does the Jared Allen right in the middle of the Kibby Dome, that gives you a hell of a lot more confidence than. When it's on you and you're playing catch-up and Sac State's getting 31st downs and you're trying to match wits with this mastermind witch doctor, Troy Taylor, on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, th- th- Sac State's just, first of all, so unorthodox, and we saw that again with Northern Arizona this week. But regardless, I think that the Grizz defensively are not going to delineate from what they do. All the writers and everybody at the press conferences, they're all caught up on the depth chart and all this stuff. Montana doesn't sub based on personnel. Everybody else is subbing based on personnel. You run a five-wide set, three DBs come run on the field. Montana doesn't do that. They adjust where their guys line up, and everybody's expected to play everywhere. So then, at the end of the day, all that matters is can they play with the snap and the ferocity that they need to play with. That's it. They they were missing it for a couple weeks. It's back now. That's the whole thing with this team is I think that they have it. They just have to figure out a way to channel it consistently. More importantly, they just need to figure out a way to channel it down the stretch. And they do. And they needed one game to get back on track. And I think we, we've highlighted the maybe the flu bug that went through a little bit, banged up after the, the most physical game against Eastern Washington. While I talked to the couple Big Sky officials that were at that game, not referee officials, but people sure. within the Big Sky that said that's one of the more physical games that they've ever seen in Big Sky Conference play, that one out at Eastern. And I think that it it was a trickle-down effect for a couple of games, but you're right. They play with that ferocity and that just the aggressive mindset. And and even They need to be able to overwhelm you. That's it. They just need to have the energy and the... the, 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 uh, the reserves in the tank to be able to overwhelm you. And to maybe look a little bit ahead to November 20th, right? The games that are in between, between now and then, this Grizzly defense has a lot of capability and opportunity to get on a big-time roll, let's just and say. This is the other thing that I was trying to emphasize the last couple weeks, and this is not just when it comes to the Grizz. This is when it ha- comes to every single team that's in the playoff picture right now, per- specifically from the Big Sky, but abroad. Because it's the FCS level, and every team is going to lose a game or two, there's teams that have had all-time stinkers that then went on to win the national championship or went on deep playoff runs. I thought let's talk, let's take it back to the third weekend of November in twenty or third weekend of October, excuse me, in twenty nineteen. Montana State goes to North Dakota and scores ten points and loses ten to twelve to ten. And I'm sitting there thinking like, and this drops them to uh, four and three. And uh, what were they at that time? I guess they were two and two, no two and three in league play. In league play. Uh, it was it was backs all the way against the wall. And I'm sitting here thinking. If Jeff Cho doesn't get his offense figured out, these guys are going to be gone. Like, they have way too much talent to not make the playoffs with this team. And if they do, if they just stumble their way to score nine points a game down the stretch, and they, it's going to be so bad. Well, then the next week, they score 45 points in the first half against Southern Utah, and boom, seven wins later, they're in the semifinals for the first time in 35 years. But I've seen this before with Coach Houck's teams, too. I remember 2004, they got licked by Sam Houston. It was a night game down there. They couldn't. They like third couldn't, game, fourth game of the year, fourth right? game yeah. of the year. It was a 12-game schedule that year, so I think it was the fourth game. It was like the non-conference finale. They got destroyed. Well, then that team caught fire in the middle of the year. They got Sam Houston back in the playoffs, got him up to Missoula, whipped them. So I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, I remember when Eastern Washington came to Montana State in 2010, lost 30-7. to That team didn't lose again. They won 11 in a row. So I guess what I'm saying is you can have an all-time bad game. The next game to get it right, if you get it right, bam, you might be off and running. So this could be what this is for the Grizz. I absolutely agree with you on that. And even from the Montana State side of things, which people are shocked that I'm going there, but you look at it where you don't play your best, even in wins, like against Idaho State, right? I mean, this week, it wasn't pretty. It's not going to be one that people will remember down the road. But to be able to use it and pivot in a positive direction, that's where you see the good teams. And to 
know that there's still so much down the road. And we might get into the national stuff today. It'll be more relevant towards um, the end of the season. But this year, Coulter is shaping up that it could be one of the more wild FCS playoffs, I think, than in previous years where it's North Dakota State and maybe one or two contenders. Totally. There are legitimately now with, I mean, South Dakota State, Montana, for a lot of people, that was number one and number two for most of the year, or at least in September. Well, now they're sitting at 10 and 11. I think there are legitimately seven or eight teams that now think that they could win a national title. There will be upsets. It will be crazy. Back to the original point of put your head down. You're playing your best when it comes to late November. These little blips in the radar. Hard for fans, hard for message boards to comprehend them, Coulter, <laughs> that the sky is not falling. But oh, yes, man. especially when they happen in October, there's a lot to go. You knew where I was That's going with That's my them. favorite part, though. About the, uh, First of all, I love all the people out there that are so passionate about all this stuff. It is great. <laughs> we do I, love you. I feel bad that it affects you emotionally so much sometimes, <laughs> but I do, we do love you for sure. But... Um, that's my favorite part about the retrospective or like the revisionist history of fan bases. Bobby Houck has won at an incredibly high level since he's been in Montana. But it's not like the guy went undefeated for 10 years in a row, you know? It's like Coach Houck keeps saying. He keeps getting asked all these questions, and he keeps saying, if you guys have ever played sports, you lost. You lost before. Sometimes you lose a big game. It just happens. It, it just It's just the way that it is. And so I agree. It's not necessarily the end of the world. A big, speaking of losses, a big loss on the Inferno on Saturday. And I got some questions about replay booths and a certain rule that I just can't stand. Oh, my gosh. All that and more. Keep it right here. It's Montana Football Hour here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Little Brown Stein will be staying in Missoula. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanes. Montana went to Moscow and trounced rival Idaho 34-14 on Saturday evening. Mitch Roberts, a junior wide receiver out of Missoula Sentinel, caught seven passes for a career high 145 yards to pace a Grizz offense that looked improved in Chris Brown's third start at quarterback. The Montana defense rolled up six sacks and held Idaho to 16 first downs as the Grizz won the battle for the Little Brown Stein for the seventh consecutive time. Montana defeated Idaho in all three matchups since UI returned to the Big Sky Conference in 2018 and UM has not dropped a game to Idaho in the 21st century. Montana State won for the seventh straight time despite being shorthanded, posting a 27-9 victory over Idaho State. The Bobcats were without all Big Sky defensive tackle Chase Benson, starting inside linebacker Callahan O'Reilly, starting nickelback Tyrell Thomas, and starting right tackle TJ Session. Idaho State possessed the ball for nearly 43 minutes, yet did not score a touchdown. Isaiah Fonse rushed for 165 yards and a score, while Matt McKay overcame a rough start to throw a touchdown of 65 yards to Willie Patterson and a 29-yard score to Lance McCutcheon in the fourth quarter to help boost the Bobcats. And finally, in Cheney, Eastern Washington missed an extra point with less than two minutes to play, and Weber State held on for a 35-34 victory over the Eagles. The win keeps Weber alive in the playoff race while handing EWU its first defeat. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Water love bringing you back. Dire Straits are my all-time favorites. Can't get much better than Mark Knopfler. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We're broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport in Missoula. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Just a few days left in October. It's Trucktober all month at Northwest Motorsport. Offering as low as 1.99% APR financing. 
So visit North, Northwest Motorsport online, nwmsrocks.com. More here on the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stackman Bank of Montana. Talk about, a little bit about the results around the Big Sky Conference. This is the funniest part about the league, too. Like you were talking about the haves and the have-nots. There was interest in the games in Mon- with the Montana schools last week because they were playing their uh, their regional rivals in Idaho and Idaho State. Border rivals, right? Border rivals, yeah, exactly. So then when you, it was good for the league that Eastern was playing Weber because if it wasn't for that, there was no game of any relevance in the league. I mean, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, how many people are – I mean, I can't. That's mean. I can't say it. But, like, there's nobody in, interested in that. Like, that—that that is – No. That's the battle for 13th. You're like, not You're not being mean there. Come on. No, I, I know. I know. It's. I couldn't even bring my – I always flip through all the games on the street. I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. but Over under 82 people on the ESPN Plus stream throughout the course of the game. I mean, and here's the thing, man. And here's the thing. This is why we do what we do. It's important to obtain and hold high standards in all elements of life, but particularly when it comes to Division One sports. And I have met a lot of great people through a lot of the uni- every university that we work with at the Big Sky Conference. No I've, doubt. I've met good people through all of them. I've enjoyed interactions with some, if not all, coaches and, and some, if not all, athletes from s- certain schools. So this has nothing to do with the personal nature of any of this. I just think that if you're going to... Th- the fact that there's teams in the there's schools in the Big Sky Conference that don't treat the league like it's a Division One league, and or they don't put the effort and the and more than anything the financial support into being a competitive Division One athletic department, particularly when it comes to football, it's just silly to me, man. It demeans the whole thing. You have to have a certain modicum of trying. I, I agree with that. And just to jump in, we said the haves and the have-nots with this theme. From what you just said, look at the teams that invest in football. That's right. Look at their results. That's right. And look at the teams that don't, and look where they're at. And I'm not expecting anybody in the league to be able to have the revenue generation that the Montana schools have, because that's just not realistic. There's a lot of different factors that go in. I mean, there's there's pride, tradition, the, the amazingness of people in Montana. I mean, that's why all millions of you that are listening right now are listening, because you love it. This yep. is one of the greatest parts of our community. Brings us all together. It's sweet. I'm not. Ex- I'm not expecting teams to be like that. All I'm saying is just try a little bit. Like, have a visitors locker room at the football field. That's a great start. <laughs> that would be a great. You start. know, that's a great start. So have more than a high school standard of a broadcast that's, right. that's going out to thousands of people, or just to elevate your conference. That elevates the word for the Big Sky, right? Experience elevated. Try and do that at the bottom half of your league a little bit. But the game in Cheney was a high level game and a very fun one. And. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not entirely surprised that Weber State was able to hang because a couple reasons. First, Weber State is DBU. I mean, Jay Hill, in his essence, is a secondary coach who also has got some special teams prowess, but he was a, a standout defensive back at the University of Utah. He coached secondary at Utah for more than a decade. He has recruited some of the best DBs the Big Sky's ever seen. I mean, Tron Johnson just signed like a $44 million contract. That guy was a defensive player of the year one year at Weber State for Jay Hill. So they've always had a good scheme. They, Jay Hill knows how to diagnose Weber, or excuse me, Eastern's offense better than anybody. I mean, I remember in 2015 when Eastern Washington hung 55 on Montana State in a 50 to, 55 to 50 win. Uh, at the Inferno, which was one of the craziest games I ever seen. Was that the game when MSU went for it on the fourth and two on like the very first play? Exactly, you know, first drive. Exactly, yeah, I remember that. And that was crazy. It was crazy. But that the, the point is though, I watched that um, Eastern team put up fifty plus week after week, and then they scored fourteen against Weber. That was the first time where I knew that this was right before like sort of the arrival of Weber State on the scene. But I, I, that was the game that kind of made me realize. Okay, Jay Hill knows what he's doing. The other thing about Weber is if they outplay you as as much as they can on special teams, the only other team in the league that can match that sort of advantage is Montana. Weber can seriously – you're down 14 nothing to Weber if they whip your butt on special teams like they can, just like Montana too. I mean, Montana – Bobby Howe can get 7 to 13 to 16 points on special teams all day. And so – uh, the fact that Weber converted three fake punts and they harassed Eric Berry all day long and Bronson Barron looked much better uh, as a quarterback. They were aggressive offensively and uh, Weber State, a must-have to save their playoff hopes. They got it 35-34 in Cheney on Saturday. I think when you break this game down, there were a lot of aspects that weren't surprising, right? I think that 
Weber State controlling the clock was not surprising to me. Forcing Eastern into a couple turnovers was not that surprising to me. The the DB aspect and limiting what Eric Berrier and those receivers can do. There are so many good receivers for Eastern. Not one of them had more than three receptions in the game. That means they didn't let anybody go off, number one. Eric Berrier with only 19 completions. That was crazy to see. Dennis Merritt, who has been going off all year he had just 30 rushing yards as the running back what did surprise me though and I get it that Eastern's defense I saw a different Eastern Washington defense as far as physicality and tenacity against Montana than maybe they've showed any other game because they were so hyped up for it but I was stunned that the Weber State offense that I watched last Friday night was able to put up 35 regardless that, that they put up nearly 500 yards of offense. That was the part that surprised me. Um, this is a tip of the hat to Jay Hill. We know how good of a coach he was and not to take any credit away from the players because they were the ones that did it, but their scheme was ideal and they out coached Eastern Washington plain and simple to go into the Inferno and end a 20 game home winning streak. Not many people maybe outside of big sky circles that understand what Jay Hill and Weber state can do would have thought that this result was even possible. But to go in there and beat Eastern, number one, we know Weber State, they have a soft schedule on the way out. They can win out, and now with this signature win, 7-4 and four puts them on the bubble. They could be in. I want to go on the other side. What's this do now for Eastern? Does it knock sure. them back to – because, hey, I mean, we know now it's, it's Eastern, Montana State, UC Davis, Montana, and Sacramento State. Those are your five. Does that move Eastern now – down to the pack where it's all the same, or is Eastern still a notch above the rest? I had Eastern seven and four when I put pencil to paper when I did my Big Sky schedule, but they already won one of the games I had them losing, which was against Montana. But um, their next two, but are- the, but their next couple. I mean, I had Eastern kind of on this hot streak early, uh, and maybe with one extra win under their belts, but. Uh, I'm not trying to, trying to say the sky is falling in Cheney either. I just think that, first and foremost, I think that uh, in the game against Montana, that is um, Eastern's the worst matchup in the league for the Grizz because the Grizz are so stubborn defensively. They are going to bring the heat. And basically that game c- could have been boiled all the way down to can Eric Berrier make highlight reel throws while he's getting crushed by Montana's best defensive players? He did. Can he? And he did. There's a scenario in which he doesn't, and Montana wins that game by a touchdown. Regardless, uh, I think that um, it's a bad matchup for Montana. That said, there's other matchups in the league that are bad for Eastern. Like I'm so interested to see what they do against the Cats because the Cats can bring pressure and they don't have to blitz. On the other side, though, the Cats have incredibly young corners. Those guys have been the surprise of the season. They've been very good. They have hardly been exploited at all, but... It's one thing to not get exploited against Ty McPherson, and it's another thing to not get exploited against Talolo Limu Jones and some of the guys at Eastern Washington. Who's the best passing offense the Cats have played this year so far? Man, that's a good question. Because um, I'm struggling to even find one. One yeah. team that passes the ball well that the Cats right. even play. Yeah, because Idaho State didn't really even try to throw the ball. They nope. would have been. That would have been the answer if they would have had Vanderwall, but they didn't. Uh, Cal Poly wants to throw the ball, but they can't do it very well. Not yet. Um, Weber doesn't throw the ball hardly. Wyoming doesn't want Wyoming, to. Wyoming, right? That's a very interesting. Let's throw thing. out the non-scholarship schools. I mean, it's just it's interesting, just style of play. They played eight games, and and the Cats deservedly so are in the top six. But they're going to. I guess the point is they are going to get challenged this next game, like they've never been challenged before. It's going to be a stark difference, and we're really going to see those corners. Um, and if they can put proof in the pudding, because Lumu Jones, Boston, the rest of those guys, they'll challenge him. It, it's just fascinating to me that. You know, Montana State's played eight games, and they haven't played a team just with the style of Eastern Washington, I would say, so far. I talked to Freddie Banks, Montana State defensive yeah. coordinator, about that today because he was in his first year in the league, and I asked him what he thought of the league. He, he'd been in the Mountain West previously, coached in Nevada for the last couple of years, and he said uh, he's very impressed with the talent in the league, especially the skill talent, but more than anything, though, he said that the most challenging part about being a defensive coordinator is because there's so many teams, there's such an unbalanced schedule, just the order in which you play teams and just like the vast differences, there's hardly any carryover from week to week. And I think that is one of the most challenging parts of coaching the Big Sky Conference. It is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations throughout the state of Montana. They're in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. A couple other scores from around the Big Sky Conference. 
Northern Colorado beat Southern Utah 17-9. So UNC, don't look now, but they got two league wins. That's more than I thought they were going to get. So um, I know that I was very hard on Northern Colorado after their game in Bozeman. But, uh, hey. Hey, they won a couple thrillers, 17-10 to NAU and 17-9 Southern Utah. But you're right. Hey, for Northern Colorado. They got three wins, man. That's that's two wins more than I thought they were going to get. Yeah, no. And a road win, too. Absolutely. I mean, if you are them, you cannot – I mean – if you lose to Southern Utah, you are the worst team in the league. So, and I mean, I don't know. The, bo- the bottom three, Cal Poly in there too. Cal Poly, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. I mean, they're kind of yeah. in a different tier, I would say. But, yeah. I mean, to go get a road win's huge. Defensive, defensively, they must be half legit. I mean, right? I mean, they've, they've held a couple teams. They have some months. good – I mean, they have some good te- – Here's the thing. McCaffrey's upgraded their talent a lot. I was mm-hmm. just – I was very surprised with how um, unprepared they were in Bozeman. I thought that was very strange. Uh, regardless, the rest of the Big Sky Conference, UC Davis continues to uh, struggle to find it offensively a little bit, but they still take care of business 24-13 against Cal Poly, and uh, Sacramento State rolls up NAU 44-0. What are we thinking of UC Davis? Okay, well, let's just take a sample size. Is Rodriguez back? No. That's, see, that's, that's, Not the, yet. that's the lingering issue, is their quarterback, who was taking the league in the country by storm, out, right out the gate is not available. They had their first four games. They deserved a top ten ranking. Great wins. Tulsa beat Weber on the road. But their last four. Let's just take a snippet of this. They beat Idaho by seven, and they were losing most of the game. The same Idaho team we watched last yep. weekend. That boy. They lose at Idaho State, who's one and six on the year. They were up eleven to nothing as all in Northern Colorado at half, and ended up winning thirty-two three. And then Cal Poly gave him a run. I mean, that was 17. That was a four-point game in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. I don't – they're winning. They're doing what they're supposed to. But their final three at NAU, Eastern, and SAC, I could see anything from 2-1 and one to 0-3. I think there's just a disconnect, too, because I don't know if it's the way that they expected to win or the way they want to win, but they're winning with a way more uh, tough-minded and defensive-oriented style. I think that's just hard for people to sort of comprehend because Dan Hawkins is an offensive guy. And they came in with this offensive coordinator who is this hot shot in Tim Plow. Right. They have this hot shot quarterback in Jake Mayer, this hot shot receiver in Keelan Doss. And it was, you know, they share the Big Sky title by just offense, offense, offense. There's another example of a team that got whipped and then then turned yeah, the corner. It was UC go. Davis in 2018. Montana destroyed Davis that year. And then that Montana team missed the playoffs, right? Yep. And Davis won the Big Sky Conference Championship, shared it at least. So, uh, again... The, the response after losses is key, but I don't know. I don't answer your question, Davis. I think I think it's just confusing because they have proven they can win in a different fashion. I just think it's hard for people to really comprehend that's the way that they're winning. Well, just thank goodness for Dan Hawkins and his son Cody is the OC that they have Yolanzo Gilliam because I yes. think he is single handedly carrying them offensively. He's a dual threat running back that is kind of all over the place that uh, just does a, he he covers up a lot of deficiencies. I guess is the best way to say it. So UC Davis, there's. Again, they're another team that's, yeah, their record's great, but what have they really done so far? So it'll be fascinating to see down the stretch. We are getting into some big-time matchups. I mean, next weekend you have the Eastern Cat game. In two weeks you have Eastern Davis. In three weeks you have Sack Davis. I mean, uh, some things are going to be settled out here, but again, it's still an incomplete grade for a couple of teams, believe it or not, through two months just because of who they've played and who they have. And I think UC Davis certainly falls in that category. Montana Football Hour presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, the largest RV dealership in the state of Montana. Stop by at 4800 Grant Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Bring it back around. I still have some... Uh, some stuff to get off my chest. Both praiseworthy and what the hell are we doing in Moscow? You gotta have a replay machine. Keep it right here, Nuanas now, 1290 ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
SportsBet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. What up, what up? Welcome back. A little chili peppers for you here on a Monday. No such thing as a case of the Mondays when you're listening to Nuanez now. It's ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas, my good friend Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining me here for about 10 more minutes. It's Montana Football Hour, breaking down the weekend that was. My morning wags here. So the uh, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. That's coming at you here uh, just in a minute, but a couple more things to get to. Will you ask Coach Marty about Joe Burrow against Lamar a little bit? Oh, I, I want to I know what he thinks of the old Bengals, the number one seed right now in the AFC. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't think anybody had it on their radar that Jamar Chase was just Terrell Owens reincarnate. Like, what? I knew he was going to be good. Did I, you see that spin move him, touchdown he had? Dude, he's a freak, wow. man. Like, I, I got him on my fantasy team as a guy I thought I would, like, plug in during yeah. bye weeks or something. I played him the first week. Dude, he's, like, the number one fantasy player in the entire, in all football. And do you remember all those armchair quarterbacks back in the draft going, why didn't the Bengals take an O-lineman? They right. need an O-lineman. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's laughing now? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I always listen to that segment on my drive home with you and Coach Marty, so I want to uh, I want to hear a little Joe Burrow action. Gotta love it. Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. It's banking for Montanans by Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. The polls are out. Eastern Washington no longer the top-ranked team of the Big Sky Conference. The poll uh, for the stats perform FCS Top 25. Sam Houston remained number one. North Dakota State up to number two. Southern Illinois up to number three. Villanova up to number four. James Madison up from seven to five. Montana State, the top-ranked Big Sky Conference team, up from eight to six. Eastern Washington falls from two to seven after their loss to Weber State. Southeastern Louisiana, Team Grizz fans are familiar with. They came to the Missoula for the playoffs 2019. They're up to number eight. You were mentioned there's like six or eight national title contenders. Is Southeastern Louisiana one? No. And, and I, I think... What that, if the quarterback just got red hot, though? I mean, he is red hot. He's been red He's hot all red year. Hot. Cole Kelly, I, I just, I have a hard time with this. And really, to put myself in the middle of it as one of the voters, I can really see the conundrum that you have. Because you've got these two and sometimes three lost teams. In, and normally it's the CAA, but this year it's just the big sky in the Missouri Valley. The CAA's got two teams in James Madison and Nova, and then after that it's different. But... These one-loss teams that don't really play hefty competition. Okay, I'll, I'll lift off a few. Southeast Louisiana is one of them. Yeah, South is uh, not as good as it once was. Exactly. East Tennessee State. Yeah. I mean, Kennesaw State. Well, this is the thing I have the biggest problem with. I had a vote in this poll for a long time. They reorganized the whole thing. We're not going to go down that road. I was uh, frustrated by it, but regardless. Um, this has been my whole thing the whole time, though, is that I have a hard time believing that any teams from half the conferences in the country are as good as any teams in the big sky. And that's exactly where I'm at each week. Yeah, Southeastern Louisiana, they're 6-1 and one overall. They're number eight in the national poll. But two years ago, I know that, I mean, I know teams changed, but they got shellac, 73-28. to 28. I mean, if they had to play a big sky conference schedule, what would their record be? And I try and do that when you kind of get into the top 15. It gets a little hairy down at 16-25. to 25. But, I mean, to me, those teams, Sam Houston is another one, and we will get into this conversation when we have more time on a different day. How do you only play 10 games? They just chose not to right. fill an 11th game. How does that not hurt you a little bit? I, I right. get it. Here's the thing. North Dakota State, they're, they'll dump one game here, and Sam Houston is going to be the number one seed, but at 10-0. I mean, it just, it just feels wrong to me. But I mean, the top two, Southern Illinois, Nova, James Madison, the Cats, Eastern, Montana, and South Dakota State. I mean, that's right. The, that's what, eight teams? Yeah. I think those eight, all if they catch lightning in a bottle, if they get hot, if they have the right matchups, those are the teams that can do it. But What about Sac State? 
Not Maybe. Nationally. Not nationally. I think that they surprised the Grizzlies and everybody else. I I think they could win a game in the playoffs, maybe. Yeah. But, I, I mean, hey, if they beat UC Davis, Coulter, they yeah. are going to be the undefeated Big Sky Conference champions, and that might get them a seed. So, sure. I, I don't know. I, I, Sac State, I'm still... What's that? They're on the outside looking in. Maybe that national. I mean, if we're sure. talking about winning a national sure. championship, sure. I truly think, though, eight teams with SAC maybe being in that next year. Well, I'll tell you, a football hour, a couple of other things to get to. First and foremost, got to redouble down. Isaiah Fonse, 165 yards on just 15 carries for Montana State. He's quickly approaching 1,000 yards for the season, and uh, he is well over 3,000 yards for his career. He is going to make a run if he stays healthy at Ryan Elliott's program record for rushing yards in a career. And, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I think he's one of the best running backs I've ever seen in this league. Well, right now, he's number three in the FCS in rush yards. Yep. Okay, and I'm going to go really crazy. Who's on got you. more? <laughs> well, Malik Grant from Sacred Heart. Oh yeah, they always they run. They, they have a, nothing but run heavy offense. So they always have one of the leading rushers. And then this guy's pretty good. Quay Holmes from East Tennessee State. Yeah, he's good. He, yeah, he's sure. good. But uh, what about said, the kid from uh, South Dakota State? Is he still healthy? Pierre, Pierre Strong, Strong. Yep, 823 okay, yards. Okay, so he's right there. He's, he's he's really good. They actually are very reminiscent of each other. I think those two guys remind me of each other a lot. And Yulonzo Gilliam sitting yep. at six. So th- those are the top guys. I'm to throw one out there, and it's going to be really surprising that it's coming from me, for everyone in Bozeman and the east side of the state. If Montana State goes in there and yep. beats Eastern Washington, yep. and Afonso goes nuts, yep. is he getting to Walter Payton consideration? I think he does. I think he should be on the list, man. I think he should be at least added to the watch list, to be sure. That's one of the positives. The other positive is there was a streaker at the Bobcat game what? on Saturday. I only saw your tweet. I only mentioned this to not give extra attention to this imbecile, but I have never seen this before. I was in stitches. I'm so glad I wasn't on a radio broadcast like you because I couldn't stop laughing. The dude's running across Bobcat Stadium with his shirt off, and Charles Brown, a freshman receiver for the Bobcats, just steps out on the field and just sweep kicks him. Just completely trips the guy square on his face. No way. Unbelievable. But then there's no security. Nobody gets the guy until after he leaves the field of play. What's sitting here thinking? What's going on? Okay, same thing happened in Cheney. The, right. the streaker there, it was, and again, not to bring extra attention because people that do this are idiotic to try and do this. <laughs> but anyway, Eastern, a guy streaking across the field. No one's trying to chase him down. He is going to get away free. There's two of them. And they have a straight line to the fence. One guy hops the fence. The second guy can't hop the, fence, can't hop the fence. And that's how he got I mean, that was, that was one of the most bizarre things ever. But hey, before I go, I know you want to get to this replay thing at Idaho. Okay, so the... Replay machine was apparently broken in Idaho. The machine. Whatever. The replay. <laughs> the, there's there's automatic replay of the Big Sky Conference now. There's an official that's de- deemed the person that controls the replay. Like, they call down. They can review it. All this stuff. Alex Gubner gets called for a targeting call, but then they realize they can't review it because the, the targeting or the replay machine doesn't work or whatever. And... Uh, that actually could work in the Grizz's favor because then it wasn't actually ruled as a targeting because you, targeting has to be confirmed via replay. But this was one of three plays that then went to replay and it just didn't exist. And so I get that I know better than anybody. We we work in radio, technological stuff happens, whatever. This is a, uh, a brutal and uh, detrimental thing to the product at large. You have to, uh, you can't control the human error of officiating. You can't. But you have to have your technology working. They have to. If the league wants to have an ESPN Plus deal, they want to, everybody has to be held the same standard. Could you imagine if that happened on one of the ES? Say it happened in the Montana Eastern game. Right. Would you really, truly have a national audience? I mean, right. it doesn't matter who's watching and who's. It's embarrassing, number one. We got alert of it in the radio booth. We didn't really talk about it too much because I don't like hampering on that stuff. But it was down in the third quarter. I mean, it was down right. even late first half. But when you're talking about crucial calls, not only to change the impact of a game and certain plays, but even more so with this. I mean, Alex Gubner, by way of the rule, is out for the first half of this game. If you went and looked at the replay, it was clearly not targeting at all. So it's just tough, and I I don't quite understand because Coulter, I mentioned it with colleagues, maybe even around the FCS. But have you guys ever had really big issues with replay? No. So it just seems to be a big sky deal, and I know they use DV Sport, but regardless, it's not a good look. It's, it's a terrible look for the league. It just seems very amateurish. 
By the way, Montana number 11, Sac State number 15, Weber State number 23. That rounds out your rankings for the week. So that's how many teams that are ranked, by the way? Six. Six. And how many do you think you're going to get in the playoffs? Man, I, you know I, I'm going to ask you this every single I week, right? I have a pessimistic view because I just think that the big sky always gets screwed because I just don't think that people pay attention to FCS football west of the Mississippi. I'm telling you, five are going to get in. Five right. are getting in. I hope so. That's never happened before, right? Four never. is the all-time yep. record? All Correct. right. Should be interesting. This has been the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today, as well as by Brett's RV and Marine. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does each and every Monday. What do you got this week? Anything cool coming out? I Yeah, Inside the Den podcast is out, rounding out our Hall of Fame episodes. And for me, quite the honor. I'm so excited. This Friday, the Hall of Fame Bank inside the Adams Center. So the, give people the details on the, uh, this is Wayne yeah. Tinkle, Skyla Cisco. Wayne Tinkle, Skyla, Wayne Tinkle, Skyla Cisco, Brian Ayotte, and Adam Bork, a decathlete, Great two-time class. All-American. Inside Dahlberg Arena for the first time. Plated steak dinner. Go to gogris.com. You can still get some tickets if you want to go. That's on Friday night. Big highlight for me. Looking forward to that. Coach's show on Wednesday night. And hey, home game. I tell you what, I appreciate home games inside the state of Montana. A hell of a lot more after going on the road and seeing what we did last week. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. All things NFL coming at you. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.